Folks, this is your captain speaking. We're just preparing the craft for departure and undergoing some last-moment pre-flight checks. But once underway, we'll be flying at about 6,000 miles per hour at an altitude of 300 feet as we depart the BFE non-stop towards our destination of... And welcome, 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 welcome to Cleared for Takeoff. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, Ethan and I recorded one, and uh, it disappeared. So who do we have today? My name's Ian. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and that's about it. I think you need never drink, if I'm being honest. It's something, it's something I've bit, got a bit of a raspy voice, yeah. Yeah, you do. Maybe have another, have another beverage. Maybe that'll help. So we're here today. Uh, if it's your first time flying with us, I should say, um, basically what we do here is uh, we break down a television pilot uh, that one person has not seen before, and one person has. The one who has is the expert. They're in the captain's chair, so to speak, and the other person is in the... Uh, stowaway the the jump seat that's what we call it the jump seat they're they're on co-pilot duty as they learn the route and that's what's happening today as we take out the pilot episode for spin city out for a spin spin around the city i suppose (laughs) so um that's more or less what we do uh last time flying with us george is this this your third is this your second third one yeah because you did with friends we both knew though so was cheers the only new episode and are you still watching cheers yeah. Oh, are you? Okay, great. Yeah, I really like it. Still enjoying it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. So there's one for one. One happy. It's the one part where it sort of turns from, uh, from you know, a pilot metaphor to almost like a, a blind date kind of metaphor. <laughs> going. So six weeks later, you're still seeing are each you other? still seeing this oh, TV program. Oh, there's still sparks. Excellent. That's good to know. Um, so um, today we're looking at Spin City. So Spin City was a sitcom that was, I believe, on NBC's docket. I should have paid. Oh, no, ABC. Apologies. And it bases around Mike Flair. The deputy mayor of New York City and his team of halfwits that must constantly save the mayor, who's more like a quarter wit, I would say, from embarrassment <laughs> and the media. Mike is then later succeeded by a different actor. And we can talk about that a little bit at the end of the uh, episode. Uh, Spin City was an American sitcom that aired from September 17th, 1996 until April 30th, 2002 on ABC. Created by G- ABC. Why isn't this available on my Disney Plus? It should be if it's ABC. You'd think so. Yeah. Created by Gary David uh, Goldberg, sorry, by Gary David Goldberg and Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence, who would later do Scrubs. Bill Lawrence, who would later do Cougar Town. Both of which I think are on AB uh, are on Disney Plus. So again, <laughs> where's Spin City? Uh, the show is set in a semi-fictionalized version of a New York City's mayor's office. And as we're reminded already, that a pilot has to do three things. That's a television pilot, not someone who flies a plane. But if you, while we're here talking about flying planes, <laughs> uh, we got the Tom Hanks Real Roundtable coming up, and Sully is an option that people could go ahead and watch. I know a lot of people have seen Sully lately, actually. So um, it could be could be an option for some people there. Uh, we need to have those. Uh, we're recording it the second last Sunday in September. So I think that's, we're recording. It, I think on the twenty. I want to say second, but that's probably nowhere near accurate. Actually, it feels pretty good. I'm looking at it going, yeah, I think that is right. So we're recording <laughs> the 22nd. You got, from the time this, this airs, you've got about, oh, I don't know, nine days. Yeah, that sounds good. Nine days. Get your list in. <laughs> Make sure you include the hashtag BFE top five. Icky Tom Hanks. Hanks for the memories. Um, so pilots do three things. Number one has to establish the characters in the program. Number two, you got to establish a mood and three, it's got to give you a reason to come back. And we'll see at the end if spin city managed to do this. I don't have a lot of pre-flight checks today. Um, it pilot aired on September 17th, 1996 notes for this show are actually really quite slim, which surprised me with how much, I mean, cheers is a juggernaut, yeah. but I mean, 
I had each episode of Cheers has like its own Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah. Spin City, really hard to find any information on it. I've never heard it. of it. Never heard of it. I was going to ask okay. about that. Okay. So obviously, well, we'll, we'll go through the cast as, as we go through it. Did mm-hmm. you recognize one familiar face? Several familiar faces? One. 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 So the face blindness one was able to get through. And you did comment yeah. on the one while we were yeah, watching yeah. it. So uh, let's start. How about the episode is called, as is you know fitting usually, Pilot. Pilot. Yeah. So uh, we found this on YouTube. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, there isn't a, a, a better way to do it. Um, I would say this. If you're going to watch it, maybe watch it not on a smart TV because it stretches. Yeah, the quality wasn't the best. So I think you could probably see it with like the black bars or something on it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's another, I mean, you can see it on YouTube, you can see it on Daily Motion if you wanted to. Um, but it's nice to know that they are, they, they, they all seem to be up there actually on, yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. There's quite a few of them. So if you haven't seen Spin City, pause it, go ahead, give it a watch, about 22 minutes, mm-hmm. and then be, be up on the... Uh, and then you can almost play alongside Georgia here and go, did I like it? Did I not? <laughs> it's right there. So you just type in Spin City, S-O-1-E-O-1, and it pops up. So give it a watch. Um, I'll, I'll let you pause this because I can't pause your thing for you. I'm on the side of it. So uh, <laughs> what do you think about, about the theme tune? We heard it off the start. Very, very brief. Barely anything. I was really surprised. Like I, I don't even think we got the full version of that on the pilot we did i was paying attention for it though oh, okay yeah. i didn't but it's very didn't quick it. yeah it's yeah. literally just a manhole cover sort of spinning around, spinning around yeah. and then you hear like a little like you know jazzy trumpet score yeah it's like dong 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 yeah. and then it was always have these little sounds at the end of it and uh, that happens only in season one different sounds can be heard it could be uh, someone walking it could be hissing cats barking dogs church bells the coming of a train okay well that makes sense cute at first then probably after you go through your first 10 ideas you're like what do we do what else do we do so, so the answer was they just stopped oh and then by season i think by season three or season four they've got like a much more conventional sitcom opening and i actually i thought this was ahead of its time looking back this is like what how much your mother like shows got shorter and shorter intros Mm. that the whole like title sequence of a show like cheers which is brilliant i love the intro to cheers but it is um sort of that style is is long gone now now it's about you know because there's so much commercial time that actually do you really want to give a minute of your runtime to to, to the credits that's going to be awfully difficult to uh to sort of work in so yeah um so then we meet our first character without question i think our main character this is a vehicle for him michael j fox or as you said is that marty mcfly <laughs> yep and it was uh how, how like marty mcfly did you find him actually in this did you find he was sort of doing what he always does or was a little bit different he I mean he's obviously quite a bit older so it was weird I, what else have i I've, did he ah, I've seen him in something else that yeah. was like Almost presidential. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was it? Oh, what was it called? I can't remember. Okay. So the series presents a fictionalized version of local government in New York City and follows its mayor Randall Winston and his staff as they run the city. Although the main person in charge is Deputy Mayor Mike Flaherty, played by Michael J. Fox. Mike is talented at his job dealing with spin work and general chaos, but not so good at managing his personal life, which he neglects. The concept of the show was set in motion after the writer saw Michael J. Fox in. The American president. That's the one. Yeah. Where he played Louis Fairchild, and he was a he yeah. was a a, a scriptwriter okay. in that one, and he had that great speech about this is my president, and I'm supposed yeah, to hold yeah, you yeah. to account, and you know, much more serious version but of this same the sort same of character. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him kind of running, you know, r- running a room, yeah. smartest guy in the room, kid prodigy to a degree. 
Yeah, because I think he always looks young because of how short he is as well. Hey, young and youthful, yeah. 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 Young and youthful, did I just say that? Yeah, sure. Young and <laughs> Short and youthful, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if you noticed this, because once I read it, I couldn't help but notice it. How often Michael J. Fox has his left hand in his pocket? <laughs> Or has something in his left hand. And this was a coping mechanism for his Parkinson's. Oh. And so I was paying attention the whole time to see if that was going to be uh, apparent. And it, it, I couldn't be more. It wasn't like it developed. And then throughout the run, like in episode one, left Is hand really almost obvious? always. In, yeah. If you were to go back like and it. watch a minute of it, if, if you're sitting here and you're going, oh, I, I've watched it. But just go back and watch like 15 seconds of his hands always in this. Or he's got like a prop in it and he's holding it to stop the tremor. Okay. from being visible yeah um so the first four seasons were filmed in new york city uh when michael j fox because he leaves the show after four seasons oh. because of the parkinson's oh. and so when he's replaced he's replaced by of all people charlie sheen oh yeah and uh they move it to la afterwards but we find that the big deal here is there's a garbage strike yeah yeah that is the premise we walk into there is a garbage strike and how are we going to fix this and the person who you send out you'd think the person you send out to meet the press the press secretary you'd think you'd want them to be well advised on the topics you'd think so but we meet paul lassiter played by richard kind you ever see a bug's life yeah okay so there's a the evil evil hopper yeah played by kevin spacey and mm-hmm. then there's like his like dorky assistant Oh, okay. So this is the guy who oh, plays okay. his dorky assistant. He's also got a role in um, Cars. Right. He's like, there's like this tourist couple who like, like wander through town. Oh, and they're yeah, for yeah, yeah. That's him. Oh, the one who's, they're arguing about the map, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that him or is that John Lovitz? Oh, I might be wrong. Oh, I'll check that one. But okay. I, I could be wrong. I'm sure Richard Kind's in, in Cars, but I could be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's the guy who, you know, he's told, what should I tell him? He says, tell him it'll be solved by tomorrow. And he comes back and goes, you're not lying to me. And this was, you know, <laughs> a little bit of, you know, okay, it's a little groany, but it's like we're establishing characters. Mm-hmm. Episode one, better than friends. Yeah. Better than, there's got to be something wrong with him. You're dating him. You know, it's not quite yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and we get told, anyone who tells Paul the truth has to put 10 bucks in the kitty and there's this giant glass jar. That's got quite a lot of money How do you win it? the kitty? What does the kitty go towards? The drinks for the week? <laughs> I don't know. No one knows. Uh, but we all go, we all know who everyone's going to blame, don't we? And then this started a series of like awkward events that um, the mayor would, would walk into, Mayor Randall yeah. Winston. This should be a face you maybe should know. Really? You maybe should. Mayor Randall Winston, Barry Bostwick. I recognize the name when it came up on the credits, but I, I don't recognize the face. You ready to have your mind blown? Go on. This is Brad Majors from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so um, Mayor Randall Winston, played by Barry Bostwick, was frequently seen during the series, not this episode, but he had a pin that said, I survived Rocky Horror, that he would wear as part of his uh, thing. <laughs> so uh, Mayor Randall Winston was also named for the person, uh, well, one of the producers. There was a producer, uh, associate producer, Randall Keenan Winston, and so they named the mayor after him. And there's lots of walking and talking, and Mike's putting out fires. And like, like he's talking to this one girl who he's like trying to talk to about, you know, we're going to be savage. We're going to destroy them. She's like, huh? Is this the smiley girl? Yeah. I don't like her. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember her like sticking around much. Uh, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, and then we meet Nikki Faber. Nikki Faber, played by Connie Britton, who's apologizing for the strength of an orgasm uh, and then tries to cover by saying it's her mom. Yeah. Um, she would go on to great success in a TV show called Friday Night Lights. 
Okay. Um, where she's fantastic. And she was in Nashville and she was in some other things as well. So she's, she's done all right for herself almost after this, but she kind of is a big deal on this show and then isn't. Right. Kind of interesting thing to say. And then, uh, we go to the press conference with Paul. Uh, and we meet uh, reporter Ashley Schaefer, played by Carla Gugino, who originally had second billing on the series, oh. carrying on her secret romance with Mike Flaherty during the f- during the first season. That's all I'll say. You can guess what happens there. <laughs> um, she's got the inside scoop more so than Paul. We don't know why yet. She seemed well. We know what she spoke to the head of the garbage workers union yeah and so um i'm not gonna lie my face blindness kicked in there and i didn't know that that was the same person but did you not no throughout the whole episode i knew that i once we'd met them like in the bedroom saying i knew that she was that was her afterwards but before that i didn't know that was her we hadn't seen her in the bedroom setting before that this is our first introduction to her. Yeah, this scene. I didn't know who she was. I, yeah, but I didn't clock when we got to the bedroom scene that that was. Oh, her. that was the same person until yeah, so they yeah. made it explicit. Okay, I get yeah. it. Now. Okay, fair enough. Um, and she's uh, Mike wants to know why Ashley has to be so negative. He, and she goes, "The city of New York, Mike, is more garbage than anyone else." To which point he goes, "We're number one." Used to be number three, and then we meet <laughs> James, the scriptwriter, who's this awkward guy wearing khakis he's wearing the most 90s costume possible Mm -hmm. and he's got this curly kind of black hair and he seems young and naive he's the guy who's just come off the turn up he's just too innocent for the job he's in yeah basically and we also meet Stuart bondek played by alan rock did you recognize Stuart bondek i don't know which one that is he's the guy who felt he should have mike's job he had a very square haircut with a flat top very skinny with glasses okay yeah no no i didn't okay uh, again, I recognize that name. When I was but. younger, I thought he might have been Brad Majors. So I was looking at the wrong person thinking they were Brad Majors. I thought <laughs> was but he, we've seen two movies at least with him on Best Film Ever. I'm sorry, I recognize the name. I just I he don't is know the, who he is. He is the guy who, oh, you didn't see Speed with us. No. But you did see Ferris Bueller. I did see Ferris Bueller. Put him in a Detroit Red Wings jersey. Have him look at a painting. That's the best friend. Really? That's the best friend who's oh. too innocent and just can't wait for his... I'm trying to remember what his name was in, in that. People are shouting now at the uh, thing, what his, yeah, his name was, and I can't was. remember. But anyway, yeah, that, that's that, that, that's him. Uh, his name will come to me at some point, but yeah. Uh, so um, there's that. So some some big names in this. Uh, then we have the mayors outside doing a mini press briefing. So as they're going through this interview thing, you can see James is sort of saying the line and like willing the mayor yeah. to say the correct thing. And he does all of them and it's going well. And the big point was 88% of strikes get resolved in the first 48 hours. Yeah. And he goes, great. He's done everything he needs to do. And then as he's walking away, just one reporter gives him a throwaway comment and goes, <laughs> Mayor, would you consider uh, marching in the in the Pride Parade next week? And he just goes, what are you, drunk? <laughs> and this is the much bigger deal all of a sudden. Yeah. And everybody realizes, except for the mayor. But um, Stuart is convinced if they can find one gay person on the staff, the scandal's over. And Mike kind of runs with it <laughs> and asks the whole room, who here is gay? Now, obviously, uh, something you can't do in, in a workplace, but it is a sitcom. Yeah, it's yeah. a sitcom. Now, statistics would suggest, I believe, that one out of those, one out of every five people in that office should be potentially opening, yeah. sort of raising a hand. Nikki wants to know if threesomes count. <laughs> of course, she does. At which point, uh, maybe. 
I believe it would at least. It'd be on the spectrum somewhere, but I don't think I don't think TV's ready for this yet. I think ninety ninety six is just really progressive, actually, to go ahead and sort of throw this. Um, Nobody said, you know, nobody, nobody. He does kind of like nobody, even a little bit, and he kind of gives his foot a bit of a a flamboyant kick, and he does a bit of a jump. Yeah, nobody even went to camp, which got a huge laugh out of the studio audience. Um, and then Mike asks James, because this is the time in the 90s, Chandler Bing was getting this a lot on Friends too, where people had qualities that made them seem made them seem uh, gay for, for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. And so James, you know, he didn't look your stereotypical manly man, and that was enough to go, okay, it must be you. Um, and so Mike asks James, and he wants to name him as the gay member of staff. And that night, we cut to, at Mike's apartment, George's face blindness kicks in. <laughs> Mike is on the phone ignoring all his work and actually flashes him, not us, but him. Yeah. And then Mike literally does a somersault. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Quite I mean, impressive. Quite, especially if he's got Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ashley wants to know since when is James gay? Mike says since about 5.15. Mm-hmm. Stuart rings and says they'll be over there in three minutes. <laughs> and Ashley wants to know, could we do it? Mike says, well, I could. Um <laughs> And then it's kind of like a bit of a, a much to do about nothing because they, we never actually see them come over. No. No. But and I'm pretty sure the scene lasts more than three minutes. Yeah. Mike, this is where Mike finds out he lives with Ashley because Ashley, we find out, has let her, um, let her lease expire. Yeah. Um, and I'm going, oh, she should tell him that. And he goes, someone should have told me. And I'm like, hey, there we, there, there we go. <laughs> but then we find out that like, she's furnished she's his place. He's being, been living there anyway. Uh, I do think he still owed I gave my place yeah, up definitely. before this. Definitely. Um, but I don't think the level of outrage Mike seems to have at the start doesn't lie. It's not I, as you're like, egregious you're as like oh, no, we need, we need to temper this significantly yeah. because it's, it's not nearly as bad. Um, and then, um, <laughs> He realizes, he goes, you do live here. He goes, where do I live? And it's this idea that he has to have his own place because he's afraid of the commitment this suggests. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we leave things. We go to the limo. Uh, they're going over the newspapers. This is the, per- the mayor and Mike. And it's bad press. But the mayor's decided instead he wants to help Mike and give him some romance, uh, some romantic advice, because <laughs> he did a little bird dogging in his day. And so Mike starts to go, well, you see, the deal is, just, he goes, send her to a spa. <laughs> Women love spas. And he goes, if not, if good as all, all is forgiven in the hundred degree mud. And if that doesn't work, name a park after her. Women love parks. <laughs> the mayor is great. He's funny. I think if he wasn't such a big man, and if mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox was such a little man, like it helps. I don't know how to explain it. It really and and the mayor's not a fat man, but he's a broad man. He's just big. Yeah, he's a big, yeah. which I would not have thought that Brad Majors was that tall or that broad. He probably isn't. It's just because he's against Michael J. Fox. I think J. if Fox. you put him up against some of the other characters, he is still significantly bigger. Oh, okay. I really do think he is. I'm just curious. I want to go back and watch Rocky Horror and see how much bigger he is than Tim Curry. You put him side by side. I don't really know. I don't know. I, don't, um, I didn't think he was. But. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely tall. He's definitely lanky in that one. I mean, yeah, he's not as lanky yeah, yeah, yeah. here. He's older. He's, it's 25 years later. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, in the press room, uh, Ashley won't speak to him. She's way more focused on the oldest laptop there ever was. <laughs> wow. 
Um, he wants. So tiny yeah. yet so big. Yes, yes. The screen is minuscule. It's got yeah. this giant plastic casing around it. Um, he wants her to get her old place back. Um, she wants to take some time off from the relationship. He instead says, hey, you feel like going to a spa? <laughs> um, and then he says, look, we need each other. You know, uh, I need you because you help keep me grounded or something like yeah. that. And you need me to stop you from overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. And then we're just people who need people who are in many ways the luckiest people in the world, <laughs> which is a throwback to spam a lot for us. But of course, it was a throwback to I think it's a Barbara Streisand song. Uh, okay. I think. Um, and um, she storms out because he's being f- her criticism. He's always funny rather than taking something seriously. Yeah. He cracks a joke. And for me, who's watching the sitcom, I'm like, thank you, Mr. Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Mr. Mr. J. Fox. That's Mr. it. Mr. Is he not just Mr. Fox? I think Jay Fox should be his last name. The Jay's not a middle name. It's just Jay Fox. That's his Jay last Fox. name. Yeah. Jay Fox. <laughs> um, back in the office, um, James has told Paul he's not gay, to which the only response isn't, oh, James, you know, it's just James. Put put $10 in the kitty. Yeah. Which was a nice callback to an earlier joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, Mike starts telling everybody, James being gay surprised all of us. And James can't help but clip it, especially James. <laughs> And I don't know, what was your thought on this? Because, I mean, I don't think you could do this storyline today. No, but However, it, it I didn't, didn't come across as particularly offensive I, either. They never made being gay a bad thing. No. Uh, they did express it like it was like a one in a million, you know, like it's... it's yeah, yeah. Like they're much more underpopulated than you would find in general. But at no point did I get read them thinking gay is bad. No, no, I didn't. I think that's important because there's a character coming up later who actually very much helped with that representation as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is where we meet Carter Haywood, played by Michael Boatman, uh, on the TV screen at first. And uh, he was the first non-stereotyped, openly gay, African-American character to ever appear on a primetime television series. So, he's gay, but he's not, this isn't Will and Grace, he's not flamboyant. Yeah, yeah. He is a smart man. Yep. He's arguably number two if not right as smart i think he's represented as smart as michael j fox yeah definitely i think he's his equal and yeah. i think so as the series goes on i really i really like this character okay. i thought he's brilliant um and so um because <laughs> the speech goes on he's going he's killing the mayor on the tv and mike yep. loves it he says i'm hiring him yeah. this is the answer and so James has worked all his way up at this point. Uh, so James has walked away, missed this, come back with a big speech, saying how honored he was to be chosen as gay. But really, because <laughs> he, he's, he's, he didn't realize it was going to be a huge news story. He's told yeah. by Paul, call your parents, you know, warn them. And he gets this thing. And all of a sudden, Mike just goes, oh, it's okay. I don't need you to be gay anymore. Or you're not gay anymore or something like yeah. that. And uh, we, we cut Mike has uh, Carter in the, uh, in the deputy mayor's office. And he's giving him a chance. He, you know, they're humming and hawing about will you take the job, will you not take the job. And there is a bit of a game of the alphas. Who can drop the bigger words? Who's a smart <laughs> individual? And Mike says, look, you can grandstand all you want about, you know, you can get a pound of flesh over this, this slip. Or you can come in here and actually make change. Yeah. You can sit and make policy. And he goes, you can't control me. And it's, I don't want really to care. Which yeah. I liked. I don't really care about controlling you. Come yeah, and, yeah. Which actually makes Mike my, my genuine. Come and make policy will be better for you being here. Yeah. Does this fix a problem for me? Sure it does. Can it also do something good? Sure it can. Yeah. 
um, which I, I really like about it. Um, and the mayor comes in as, as always. Oh, there's a great line though. It says, Oh, if I join now. Do I get a free set of steak knives? <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. Uh, but the mayor comes in and, uh, how, how we do it here? And he goes, Great time as always, sir. And Carter takes the job and promises to be his worst nightmare. The mayor wants to know if that's, that's good. good and Mike's like, I think it is. <laughs> and then that's the problem solved. We're going for an after work drink and no one will tell Paul where the actual drink is. He thinks they're going to hula hands. I don't, if there's a trope on sitcoms, I don't like it's the character that everybody bullies. Now, I don't yeah. know if he's being, this isn't, you don't watch Park and Rex, do you? Parks and Rec. I've only seen it a little bit. There's a character in Parks and Rec who always gets bullied. Right. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry. And it really, Leaf Liam was here. He backed me up on this. Can't stand the fact they all bully him. Characters I'm supposed to like. Yeah. Bully yeah. this guy. It's supposed to be ha ha ha. It's, it's so funny. I'm like, it's yeah. not. I do have friends who go, you take this too seriously. I'm like, I, I don't think so. I think we kind of adopt the behaviors that we're, you know, told by something are right. And yeah. so, uh, I don't know if this doesn't do that, but he, it is clue, clear that they they don't want to hang out with him. And there's no reason for it. No. As, as of yet, anyway. I do wonder if Hula Hands is a reference to, uh, it was a sitcom called MASH where there was a nurse Hula Hand. Oh, okay. So I do think the Hula Hands reference is probably a MASH. Okay. Homage. Mike wants to talk to Ashley and he's sublet his place. Yeah. These characters are all about making big decisions and not telling the other one. Because it's going to blown up. Uh, but they want to find a place to live together. He really, really, really wants to live together. They kiss. And then, of course, the mayor enters now. <laughs> As always, great timing. Uh, Mike just asks, uh, Ashley, promise to tell me. Mike just tells Ashley, promise to tell me if we get married. <laughs> and that is our episode. The mayor's going off to some Jewish. Um, fundraising event it seems yep. like that night yeah and so that's it so really at the end of it i'm kind of going what are the plots in this and i've come up with oh probably maybe three let's, let's talk it out so the first okay. one obviously is oh maybe three the first one is i guess the garbage strike yeah, which I thought was going to be more important than it was because it really jars from garbage strike to I think that's the idea. They're so focused on the, on the one problem, they don't see this coming. Yeah, and but it, it, it as a viewer, yeah. it jarred me. I went, oh, okay, we're, so, we're watching something else Maybe that's now. the C plot. So the A plot is probably, I think the A plot is um, not homophobic slur, but homophobic slander. Yeah. Or insensitivity towards, yeah, yeah, towards yeah. the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And how are they going to fix this? Mm -hmm. Which ends with the hiring of uh, Carter. Yeah. Second one, Mike and Ashley's relationship. Yeah. Can he patch this back up? Mm -hmm. So can he spin her the way he's, it's a lot harder to spin her than it is to spare, <laughs> which is weird because she's the press and he spins the press. Yeah. So it's really interesting. But we have both those. And then finally, I guess would be, you know, maybe the overall here, are the workings of the mayor's office as represented by the garbage strike. Yeah. There's your three. So uh, does this give us, does this establish the characters? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. As much as you can in the first step. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's where my hesitation came in. But yeah, no, I think I. Which I characters think, do you think it establishes better than us? I mean, Mike definitely. Yeah, Mike. Um, and what's his girlfriend's name? Ashley. Ashley spent a lot of time on Ashley. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? Um, maybe James a little bit. James a bit. Yeah, James is all right. But not. Maybe the mayor. I couldn't tell you what he looked like. 
that's not, that's not establishing a character. Yeah, no, no, but that means he's just not been on the mayor? much. Yeah. I think he's not. Because the idea is that he is the unseen guy who comes in. But he's, yeah, he, that's fair. He's a buffoon, and that can be your character. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he's fair. a well-meaning buffoon, but, he, but he's a buffoon. Yeah. So I think it kind of does that. I think uh, it under uh, Nikki doesn't get much. Stuart gets nothing. I don't know who Stuart is. Stuart's the guy. He's just the one guy who thinks he should have his job. That's it. Oh, uh, okay. He's the guy from uh, yeah. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, starts with a C. C, C, C. Cat Carter Chapman. Cameron. So, Cameron. Well Cameron. done, you. Face blind is not name blind. So, there we are. <laughs> so, um, so, who was your favorite character out of who we met today? I mean, probably Michael J. Fox. Yeah. It's hard not to be. It's him, hard I think, not to. A, he's the main character, and B, he's the biggest star. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we know him from other things, and he's 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 uh, Michael J. Fox is always at a high likability quotient. Very, I'm trying to think if Michael J. Fox has ever played like any sort of antagonist ever. I'm pretty sure he's in like every scene of that 22 minutes as well. So it's difficult to pick anyone else. I think you're 100 percent right. I really do think. Yeah. Um. Any okay. So let's use a second out of curiosity. Ashley. Oh, Ashley. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then do you have a favorite moment or a favorite element? Uh, probably the the end bit with uh, those two when he says, um, "If we get married, let me know." Okay, my, I'm gonna go on my favorite character being uh, Michael J. Fox, but then if I had a second James, yeah, oh, I did like or, James or yeah. Carter. I do like Carter a lot. Carter's not in enough. No, I, not in this episode. I, I like who Carter is. I love the representation. Yeah, love it. Uh, which for '96, huge. Yeah, I can imagine. Huge, and at a time when people weren't having conversations about this. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that you had a gay character was a big enough deal of its own. But if we break it down into, yeah, yeah you know, a black, educated, successful, uh, not non, I don't know what to say, f- caricature. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Um, my favorite moment is <laughs> track on correlation. Barry Bostwick just has a way with certain lines. <laughs> what are you drunk? Which they played back even on the yeah, news that night. Do, yeah. Oh, it's just so good. So thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, so I think it's the comic timing of Barry yeah. Boswick and the, and as sort of an adjacent thing, the chemistry between the mayor and Mike. Yeah. Which is really good, I think. Um, do you have a complaint? Oh, I, th- I just felt a bit too much in one episode, but also not enough. Because I think because there's so many characters, there was so many little bits going on that I couldn't focus on all of them and then when when the shift happened from the garbage strike to the um reporting incident i just it it took me by complete surprise which i think it's probably designed to yep but i again it kind of made me whoa okay hang on is the garbage strike not important anymore yeah um it's hard for me because i've seen the whole yeah i've seen all of michael j fox's run yeah um my issue with it is probably I don't care about Ashley and felt that if you get rid of the romantic storyline with Ashley, you probably could have built up some of these other characters, but it doesn't mean you have to establish your female characters better Yeah, in the office. Yeah. yeah. And all we have is Nikki, who's just kind of a sex maniac as far as we, we as far know. as we can tell. So She's just highly yeah. sexual. That, that's yeah. Who's Nikki? She likes sex. Yep. Basically. That's her character. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so, um, that's more or less the sort of the, the, the ASCII kind of questions. Uh, for the ratings, season one, I can only find by season by season. It was the number 17 show on TV. It really launched okay. really, really well. Uh, this would be the high it would have, and it falls off a cliff after Michael J. Fox leaves. I'm not surprised. By it that. runs six seasons. Season five, there's a slight interest in how Charlie Sheen will do. Yeah. Uh, season six, it's just in free fall. Oh. And I remember when, when Michael J. Fox left, it was a huge television event. Oh, okay. Do you know the song I Try by Macy Gray? I try to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. choke. She's got a very unique way of singing. <laughs> uh, very Billie Holiday, I think. Or at least she's trying to be Billie Holiday. Um, so you've got... Yeah. So that, there's, our, there's our Macy Gray impressions. Uh, but... Um, you know, so they would run that song with a shot of Michael J. Fox leaving the mayor's that, that, that sort of the bullpen where everybody's desks were. Yeah, leaving, and it was man, it te- people cried. I cried. Yeah, because Michael J. Fox, he's almost like he's Martin McFly. Yeah, yeah. So really, really difficult. Um, some reviews. Rotten Tomatoes gives season one eighty percent. Okay, so really, really highly regarded. Uh, Ron Sarabona from the Sydney Morning Herald says. Uh, uh, Michael J. Fox demonstrated one of his strengths as he had in Family Ties, a former sitcom he was on, mm-hmm. making a potentially obnoxious character likable. Yeah, I agree with Julie that. Kramer from Time Out New York says it's funnier than most half-hour comedies on TV right now, although that's not saying much. <laughs> uh, Joe Queenan from People Magazine said, Fox retains his wonderful time and delivery, uh, adroitly hitting his stride in his one-on-one romantic scenes with co-star Carla Gugino, but the political satire that makes up the rest of the show is toothless, corny, and passe. And Howard Rosenberg from the LA Times says, although hardly a growth role for Fox, it's one he wears so comfortably that the fusion of actor and character is seamless and a treat to watch. And I'd say, I mean, Michael J. Fox, he's just being the likable guy. It's a little bit more grown up than the stuff he was doing in like Back to the Future. Yeah. But he's doing the same sort of, oh, shucks, gee, aren't I cute kind of yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. Which, and, but you know what? They, they take that character and they put it in an interesting situation. I'll disagree with the person who said it was all cordy and passe. I thought, you know, actually kind of where they went with this was really somewhat interesting. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that, that would grow uh, for sure. Um over the course of his run, um, Michael J. Fox wins an Emmy out of okay. four nominations. So four seasons, he gets nominated each year for Best Actor. Wow. Wins once and uh, gets four nominations for Golden Globes for the role and mm-hmm. wins three. So does okay with them. Yeah, uh, definitely. So generally at the point now, though, where you, how did you find it? What's your overall kind of thought process on it? What's your grade for it, first of all? Uh, I'm probably going to go with a C. A C? Yeah, I okay. think so. Passing, but not... I'm trying to remember what you, what you gave Friends. You think you gave Friends. So would you call this better or worse than Friends as far as a pilot goes? Oh, that's tricky. Because I, I think this is better than Friends. I think it's a better pilot, but I, it's, I struggle to differentiate them because I know nothing else about this other than what I've just seen. Whereas Friends, I've seen all of it. Um, so it's difficult to kind of tell them apart. But yep. yeah, no, I think this is a better pilot. Definitely. It's better written. Um if nothing else. It is well written. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have so many of those obviously sitcom jokes. Like there's yeah. a phone there. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Which is weird because my mom never phones me. Like, my, like Chandler, uh, Matthew Perry, two Canadians. Look at this. Uh, Matthew Perry does some absolute yeoman's work in rescuing that script in the first mm-hmm. episode. As, 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 as good as Friends is in its first two seasons, in that opening pilot, like the writing is... is, is mm-hmm adequate and that's yeah. basically about it so yeah i agree with you. the writing is better in this one yeah uh, i would give it a b mm-hmm. uh, i would i would uh i think this is a show hey here's actually I really agree with this this is a show it doesn't know what it wants to be yet 
Yeah. Because it's trying to be both a relationship sitcom-y kind of and thing. And an office base. And an office political, f- a little bit sharp, a little yeah. bit sarcastic, but still funny. And it has to decide which one of those two shows it wants to be. It does eventually choose one okay. of those two. And it's the better for it. But I think as a result, you're trying to jam too much in. And it becomes two shows. It becomes the Mike and Ashley show. And yeah. then it becomes... Th- the office. Yeah. The political office. Do, <laughs> do, 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 do. So what would you do if Jim Halpert was just a little bit, a little bit conniving? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that. So I, I, I'm curious, is there enough for you to come back? I want to see at least one more. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, not as excited, anywhere near as excited as all about Cheers. That I wanted oh. to go back and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. Yeah. This I'm kind of going, I could fill time with it. This isn't, because... The adjective we used for cheers was warm. Yeah. I don't think warm is this. Clever. Absolutely. Yeah. Clever, witty, um, sharp. Mm -hmm. um, Not warm. Not yet, anyway. No. Which is, I mean, it's why why cheers. I mean, it got warmth. I mean, how did it make you care much about about characters in episode one? I don't know, but it does. Yeah. Amazingly well. But I also think the cheers had a higher joke per per moment sort of quality to it. And it was an ensemble. As yeah. much as it is the, the, the Sam and Diane show, it gave Coach a chance to shine. Yeah. It gives Norm a chance to shine. Uh, I, it's just so wonderful. Arguably gives Carla a chance. Even Sumner gets a chance to shine in different <laughs> places there. Whereas in this, I mean, this is all about make sure Mike's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I'm fine with, because I, as a kid, I mean, uh, I, when this comes out, I'm 16, 17, love it's Michael J. Right, Fox. Right sort of I'm a good that. Canadian, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it's a, it's a <laughs> good Canadian. Love Michael J. Fox. Uh, I loved him in Family Ties. I loved him in Back to the Future. He's, I love the American president. And then he comes into this, and I'm going more of this. This is, and at one point, I used to call, this is one of those shows that at one point held the mantle, my favorite show. Okay. At one point. I think after Cheers goes off the air. Yeah, yeah. I think about it and go spin. I didn't love it as much as Cheers, yeah. but I went Spin City is the best show on television. Next, next one. Yeah, yeah. By that season two. Yeah, season two, season three. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I called Spin City okay. the best show on television. It really, it really, I think, gets there. So I guess, you know, the question is, is it grounded or is it cleared for takeoff? I'll clear it. Yeah, I'll clear it for now. Clear it for now. <laughs> There, there, it might, there, there might be some turbulence along the way, All but right. it's, it's cleared for now. All right, cleared for now. So there we go. So uh, as usual, if you have any, I mean, you're really, people aren't really short. I don't know why I keep asking this because the, the stuff. The problem is, and I do want to r- r- sort of throw this out here and see if you have any ideas. Let us know. And I, I, I will read them and consider them. The problem is for, for, <laughs> for, for, for the format to work, one person's got to really know it. Yeah. And one person's got to not know it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're here, and there are some still on the horizon. MASH. I know Debbie's out there saying MASH, MASH, MASH. Absolutely. Yep. The West Wing. I'm well up for doing the West Wing. I just want to get through more of it before I, yeah. I do that with people. Uh, I, I, I've, I've I've still haven't been on the Everendo one yet, have I? Yeah, I've got oh, a couple killing. that I think I could potentially flip this flip this chair for which would be quite okay. interesting but uh i know there's one which i've got lined up which i think ellie would really like so i want to do that yeah. so there are a few liam's had a couple and ethan and i have to get back together and do Mad Men again again <laughs> again but we're getting together on a fairly regular basis to record the doctor who stuff which yeah, let, yeah. lets me go ahead and do the promos if you are listening to this on day of release on friday tomorrow we are dropping our first uh, doctor who anthology sort of review series who do you think you are Ethan named that. I actually quite like that. It was Sonic Saturdays. No, it is Sonic Saturday. Just like Superhero oh, Sunday. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Sonic I'm Saturday back, doesn't really do what it says in the tin. It's just kind of a nice little little, little term for it. Yeah. So, um, 
so after you know the, the, the extra bonus episode typically on friday uh, on saturdays every other week we think we're going to drop a doctor who retrospective episode mm-hmm. uh, as we kind of go through what we think of the greatest hits of the modern era of doctor who and we're starting of course with the one that began the new wave of doctor who with christopher eccleston and rose yeah series one episode one so uh Go ahead and give that a listen. It'll be dropping Saturday, probably about 3 a.m. our time. (laughs) So like 10 p.m. the night before, so Friday night in America, 7 p.m. on the West Coast. So kind of a weird, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Are we releasing it Saturday? Releasing it Friday? Both. Both at the both, same time. Both and neither. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so do that next week, of course. Uh, it, uh, on, on Sunday, we'll record. Tuesday, we will release um, before sunrise. We finally got that through. It is sunrise, not sunset. <laughs> that would make sense that sunrise was before sunset. It depends on when you start your day, but yes. <laughs> and Typically. So, I did like how I was one. It was Liam's pick, but I had to go. I think you got that wrong, buddy. Um, and then <laughs> uh, we've got, got the Tom Hanks Real Roundtable coming up, and we have one spot left. People are getting a hold of me saying, I'll, I'll do it again. I hear you. I thank you. But we are looking for one new player, ideally. Someone who has never played the trivia game before, who will meet us September 11th. We're recording it September 11th at 4 p.m. British time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everywhere else, figure it out accordingly, please. <laughs> um, and that's really so lots of good stuff coming up on the pod. And we hope... We hope a big announcement in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. So, also check out Steel Magnolias. My sister was on. It was a, it was, it was a good time. And it's it was doing, good, it's, yeah. doing, it's doing really well. So, for that in mind, this has been cleared for takeoff. Uh, but it, and I've been Georgia. And we'll see you next time. Fly the friendly skies. Bye, At first it was hello, now it's goodbyes. <laughs>